Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. My name is Cornelia, or Cornelia, or Coco, or when I was growing up, some people called me Corny, but moving to the US, that would sound a little weird, you know. But anyway, I have a really fun topic today. I'm not sure how many of you know that I used to be a makeup artist, and I was living and breathing makeup, skincare, and that was just like such a big, big part of my life, and I feel like with the way I changed my content. I'm not talking about makeup and beauty as much as I did before, but it's still such an important part of my day-to-day life. I love taking care of myself and I think that self-care is crucial. I think that everybody needs to pay a lot of attention on their own self-care and pamper themselves and just make them feel good about themselves because you know how what they say like beauty comes from within, but it truly, truly does. And I have a really special guest today. Her name is Patricia San Pedro. I met Patricia at an event a few months ago, and we then went on a coffee date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we went on a coffee date, uh, but we was just like we just vibed so well together. And she's also an Aries. If you ever search through like facial massages or gua sha or any of these tools that can help your skin look young and tight forever i'm pretty sure that you came across her videos she is a mom of four she's an author of a book called face fitness she is the founder of sunina skin she used to be a yoga teacher and she's just like a really nice person i really enjoyed talking to her before we jump into the episode i wanted to kindly ask you my bougie besties if you haven't done so yet to subscribe to my podcast leave a rating and review because it means so much to me share it with a friend okay i think that's it let's now hear from patricia patricia hi thank you so much for being here how are you i'm good how are you babe I'm excellent. We have a lot of things to discuss here, so I'm very excited to dive deep. So let's just start with tell me who you are, where you live, and what you do for work. Yes, sure. So my name is Patricia San Pedro. I'm the author of a book called Face Fitness, a founder of Sunina Skin, a skincare face fitness brand. I live in Florida. I love what I do. I love empowering women through skincare and self-care rituals. How did you start this love for beauty? And did you were you always into beauty and you always wanted to do something in this field or how did you start? If I take it back all the way to my childhood where the kind of where the seed was ingrained is that I was very insecure. I was very shy. And growing up in a Korean household, there's a lot of weight on how you look, how you appear to people, not just in beauty, but in just every facet of your appearance. And so I grew up very, very insecure and I wasn't always happy with the way I looked. And I always thought I had like a nose that didn't fit my face and was a lot of different insecurities growing up. As I got older and I became more confident is when I realized beauty is really something that's felt. It doesn't matter how much time you spend on your outer appearance. If you're not feeling good on the inside, then it's not it's just not going to click for you. Later on in my late 20s where I started teaching yoga is when 
it all kind of made more sense to me. And I started feeling true inner confidence. A lot of girls today are insecure the way they look because of the social media world and because, you know, these celebrities are pretending to look a certain way. Meanwhile, they're hiding, you know, their surgeries and this and that. So how did you finally got over that insecurity? growing up? A lot of that is when I hear that and the way that that question was phrased is outside world. So like Mm -hmm. looking outside and constantly looking outside for comparison or this is what I should look like. To be very honest, if you are very secure inside, meaning you're good with you, you know who you are, you've met yourself from the inside out, then Mm -hmm. really none of the outside stuff actually matters. That's kind of what I have to say about the social media world. It really can't Mm -hmm. affect you if you're feeling solid and good. Let's just not focus on social media. Let's say a girl is growing up and she just feels very insecure. Maybe she was teased as a kid or maybe she is surrounded with people that she thinks that are more beautiful than she is like how what would you say to those girls who are just very insecure in their physical appearance but basically they're not happy with who they are internally. Like if you're so insecure, how do you finally stop being insecure? And how do you finally realize like what are your best qualities? Yes, that's a really, really good question. And the fact that insecurity is looked at as a a negative thing is very, very powerful because in actuality, if you are feeling jealous or insecure of somebody that's a really good positive hint for you to look at why, you know, why are you jealous and why are you feeling triggered? Things that trigger you pay attention to that because it's not actually about the person. It's what the person is reflecting back to you as a mirror. So if you are jealous of somebody's, whatever it is, um, lifestyle, what is it about their lifestyle or what is it about the way that they look? that's triggering you. There's something there that you want to heal within yourself, that you want more for yourself, that you know you can get more for yourself. And it's bothering you because you know you can have it and you know you can get there. There's just a block. Mm -hmm. And so that could be your hint, really. I think that there's a positive angle to all of this. I would love to know like some specific steps you took to help you like feel more confident. For me, I think it was when I really hit rock bottom. And for me, it was growing up with like having basically everything I thought. And then in my 20s, having this hard hit, like, oh my gosh, I'm actually emotionally very unstable. I'm not as confident as I thought. I um, have this job that I really thought you know, it was a very luxurious job in the meatpacking district. I would wear high, the highest heels every day, go into work, you know, have this great position and then just feeling so empty inside and mm-hmm. just like bored. And I was, was that so job? bored. I was a social media director for this agency in New York City, taking care of the portfolios of all the different artists. And I just felt like 
I want to be the artist. I want to be the person creating. And there was a trigger. There was jealousy. There was insecurity there where I felt like I want to do this. I was not being fulfilled. I was not happy. It was like a really great company and job and everything. And I thought that that's what I was working towards with all of the college that I went to. I got a master's degree in communications and I just thought I just have to do all of these things to get to this place and I'll be happy. But it really wasn't that because on the inside, I just knew there was something more and I was not happy. I was not fulfilled. I just spent so much time on the way that I looked and Mm -hmm. I was still super insecure in my relationships with my boyfriend at the time, now my husband. So now you know, all of those things were kind of colliding all at once. I just knew that something had to end. So during my lunch breaks um, at my agency, I would go to Equinox or a yoga studio nearby. And I would do yoga for like an hour and a half. I would take the longest lunch break. I feel so bad. My boss was so nice, (laughs) but I would take the longest lunch breaks, like leave at 10 a.m. You left at at 10 a.m. for your lunch. (laughs) Yes. So I would come in like so late. I had the, my boss was literally an angel. So I would come yeah. in at like nine thirty. I would like roll in at like nine thirty, leave at ten for your um, lunch. Break. Go on my lunch break for like an hour and a half because you know yoga classes are an hour. Yeah. And I would come back around eleven thirty, twelve, and then you know just have this like amazing, most amazing euphoric hour of just you know, moving my body, meditating and feeling good. And it was like, that was the start of my healing journey. And that's when I realized I want to be in beauty and I want to feel good like this all the time. Like, how can I feel good like this all the time? I realized I wanted to just completely change career paths. I started making videos on the weekends of like my yoga moves and posting Mm -hmm. it on social media kind of secretly because I was Mm -hmm. embarrassed at the time of like, why is she like, she's, you know, she's here, but she's posting. What was your content before you started doing yoga on social media? I was always kind of on social media, but more personal things like, you know, friends and family, the normal stuff that you would just just post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started posting yoga all of a sudden. I would love to stay here for a second because a lot of people have this fear. They're like, I want to be a content creator. I want to start doing something, but I'm scared of the judgment of my friends and family. And how do I move past this? And I remember when I started posting my beauty content when I was a makeup artist, people were like, why is she posting all these makeup tutorials right now? Like, I don't want to see that. And that's going to happen that your friends might honestly unfollow you because they don't want to see that type of content they follow you because you're their friend so if your friend's husband unfollows you like you can't that (laughs) take that so personal because they yeah you know they just don't want to see that type of content so how did you get out of your head finally and like start posting content that actually made you happy and you didn't care what everybody else thinks yeah so it so the very first 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 time I actually remember this moment it's so funny you asked this because I was in the bathroom doing my voiceover for this piece of content that I made um a, it was like a tutorial on how to do a specific yoga move and I was doing the voiceover in the bathroom really quickly and I was about to post it and I had like this crazy flutter of butterflies everywhere and I was like oh my god like what are, you know it's all the normal anxieties like what are people going to think? This is so weird. Like, why am I doing this? 
it was a video. At the time, it was weird, even weirder because it was all photos. Oh, that's right. So was a few years ago. this was like years and years ago, like over a decade ago. And I posted a video. It, it was all right. It, you know, I got over that first fear and, and then I just kept going with it and I just kept doing it. Anytime you do anything new, you're going to feel the flutters and the butterflies, but mm-hmm. It, it that's the feeling kind of where you have to chase and go for because that's again truly a hint at what you want to do let's talk more about your career on social media so like you started with yoga then what what did you post next before I even started at the agency and everything I had a background in skincare with yoga I always wanted to converge beauty and yoga I felt like yoga and beauty were kind of one in the same, like I felt beautiful doing it. So I kind of inspired me to create something called yoga glow, which is a yoga class that you take, you go through your vinyasa flow. And then at the end of yoga, there's something that I kind of called spavasana and it's stuck. Mm -hmm. And at the end, if you take yoga, as you know, you lay on your mat in shavasana, but I made it like a cutesy name and said spavasana and Oftentimes I would have uh, brands like Glow Recipe send me sheet masks and I would place the sheet masks on, or they would do it themselves. They would place the sheet masks on themselves and I would go around and give light massages. It turned into brands calling me to do like classes called face fitness, face yoga for them and using their products and teaching them different moves on how to do face yoga and face fitness, because I was also a fitness teacher, a mega former teacher Mm -hmm. in New York City. It all kind of organically came together with beauty and yoga. That's kind of how it started. Okay, so you started with yoga, and then you started kind of mixing yoga with beauty. And then Mm -hmm. when did you figure out, okay, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to pursue? That's a great question. So I... (laughs) I love your questions, Coco. They're so good. They really make me deep dive and think (laughs) back to that time because I actually wanted to move kind of more forward with fitness. I thought that was going to be the thing, but I was creating skincare content online, like a lot of skincare content on YouTube. Like that was, I really loved it. And I did face yoga moves and face fitness moves, called it face fitness and posted YouTube tutorial videos on it. I was going to go forward with creating maybe a studio or I was, I had like a business plan for a fitness studio. My then editor called, not called, but emailed me on the day that my son was born and said, Hey, do you want to, I would love for you to pitch a book called face yoga to author a book potentially, which are you interested? And at the time I was in like this blur of giving birth. So I had (laughs) no, I mean, I just looked at the email, kind of glanced at it and was like, okay, I'll deal with this on Monday. Like Yes, let's chat on Monday. Yeah, when I give birth, I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm giving birth. You know, I just gave birth. So we'll see. But I I really thought the email was about like off or like being interviewed by a magazine or something. So, I mean, it's still like exciting. So I wanted to talk about it and talk Mm -hmm. to this person about it. But I had no idea it was about a book. And I told you, Coco, before that it was my like, childhood dream to one day write a book I've always been obsessed with books and manifesting (laughs) manifesting all of it when I realized on Monday 
that it was about pitching a book that they wanted me to send them a proposal, my publisher, Chronicle Books. I was like floored and so happy in November of that year. So that was in July, in November of that year in 2019, everything was confirmed. I got my advance and everything and I was like, okay, this is it. So now I'm just going to be face fitness. I, I, mm -hmm. that's what I want to do. It kind of just took a really big pivot from that point on. And of course I still have fitness and everything and yoga as a part of my own lifestyle, but mm -hmm. for my career, it just ended up becoming all about face fitness. Let's talk more about face fitness. For those who are not familiar with the term or don't really know much about, you know, facial massages and stuff, can you give us a little explanation of what face fitness is? Yeah, face fitness is basically exercises for your face and facial massage so that you can move excess fluids out of your tissues and for you to eventually have healed and glowing skin. This is something that you can do on a daily basis and you can also incorporate it into your skincare routines that are already set. So there's no extra thought to it. And it's really great for your lymphatic system. It's great for healing your energy as far as keeping it rejuvenated and glowy but also feeling good from the inside out. In the book, we talk about how to do all of the moves in specific orders. So there's the neck that we start with, then the jawline up towards the cheeks and the eyes, forehead, and then draining, of course. That's really the gist of what face fitness is. We always talk about beauty from the inside out, but how do you get there? Mm -hmm. And one of the ways you can get there is to touch your skin, feel your skin and really breathe and have that meditative moment where you can find your way back to yourself. I love about. that. And I love self-care specifically for that reason, because it's like, it's my time. I'm doing something for myself to feel more beautiful and to actually, you, you know, do massages or anything else that's going to help me actually look better. So when it comes to tools or face massages there's so many products on the market there's so many rollers there's so many different techniques there's gua sha where should somebody start if they don't know anything about this i mean obviously with your book i'm yeah, gonna link so, it in the show notes <laughs> yeah of course so yeah i would always say my book because your hands are always accessible there's no tools in the book that you use clean hands an oil and you can go ahead and mm -hmm. start and use your hands as your first and foremost tool. And then moving on to tools like gua sha tools and every other tool in the market. I really love a very simple tool made out of stone because mm -hmm. stones hold energy and they also have healing benefits. Any flat gua sha tool is amazing for just starting out. And I know that there are a lot of electric tools out there and I don't want to say anything bad about electric tools, but I find electric tools personally, I find them not very easy to use because of all the wires and the technology. And I kind of, in my own time, I just want to unplug, like truly unplug mm -hmm. and use my hands, use my gua sha tools. I don't want to see a wire. <laughs> I see them enough throughout <laughs> the day or use an app to use my, my facial yeah, yeah, tool. Yeah. <laughs> like I literally just want me, my tool, my hands, whatever it is, my oils and just flow. 
close your eyes and just flow and feel your skin and learn your skin because a lot of the tools that are out on market, you don't really get to learn your skin so much. You just kind of plug it in, use it, and then you're done, which it works for a lot of people. But I think if you are really trying to connect and um, Mm -hmm. you care about the health of your skin, I think it's very, very nice to touch your skin with your hands, with your stone, just super simple. All of the electric stuff, I don't, it's like secondary to me. When it comes to stones, we have the jade roller, rose quartz. Is there anything specific you suggest? So jade is very traditionally used in TCM. So traditional Chinese medicine, jade is a very popular stone. It's known for protection. It's a really good solid stone to use as your first stone. I think that's a great one to start with. Uh, Rose quartz is a really beautiful one because it's all about self-love and unconditional love, forgiveness. If you are trying to feel more empathy, if you feel a little hardened, especially in the heart, broken heart, if you've had a broken heart or you need to feel like you heal something from within, rose quartz is such a beautiful stone to work with. It's very cooling on the skin. So is jade. Most of the stones are cooling on the skin, so it's very nice to the touch. Also something traditionally used is the bean stone, which I very often use on my feed. The bean stone is something that has been used for centuries in the Gua Sha module. So it's close to the energy that's also in our body, as well as the nephrite jade. I also really enjoy the nephrite jade because it's energetically, it's very similar to the energy that flows through our body. I also see a lot of difference in prices. What do you think about that? Like, because like sometimes they see on Amazon, like something is, let's say $20 and yeah. somewhere else is like $200. Does that make a difference or? Okay, bougie besties. I wanted to take a quick break to talk to you about someone who is a dear friend and who truly inspires me. Her name is Nikki Spo. So Nikki and I met a few months ago and we immediately connected. She is actually the twin flame I never knew I needed in my life. I love her and I love talking to her. But when I can't talk to her, you know, she gets pretty busy with her two boys and a baby girl on the way. I love listening to her podcast, The Know with Nikki Spo. I'm all about those honest conversations where nothing is off limits from healing your traumas to money, sobriety, marriage, intimacy, creating boundaries, you name it. We are all about living life on your own terms, okay? I mean, I know it's hard to be yourself in this world full of judgment and shame, but it doesn't have to be that way. Nikki's podcast episodes will really help you to own your worth, step into your deep inner knowing, and own your power. Tune into her podcast and to know with Nikki Spo on Apple, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are streaming. Now let's get back to the episode. Yes, it does make a difference. You should really look at the source of where the stone is coming from. There are fake stones out there, so... Most brands are going to be very, I think all of the brands I've worked with uh, that I've seen out in market, not worked with, but all Mm -hmm. the brands that I've seen out in market, they're very, they control their quality very much. It's very important to have that quality. Yeah. You don't want to deal with fake stones and uh, pricing. It does matter to a certain extent, but sometimes of course it's branding and marketing. What about gua sha? I don't know much about it. I know you're like a pro. So first off, when I was using gua sha, I never knew how much pressure I have to apply. Can you walk us through using gua sha? Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. So the very first thing is clean hands, clean tools. Facial oil is a must. So you have to have a facial oil that you like, that you love on your skin. If you are not a facial oil person, then a facial serum is great also to use on your skin. First, you want to saturate your skin with the oil and use the stone starting at your neck so it's recommended to start at your neck you can do lifting or you can do um, downwards on your neck so that you can activate the lymph area and then move on to your face so your face you know this is very personal to you but you can start basically anywhere on the face but really gentle pressure holding your stone flat is the next big tip because i see a lot of um, stones that are held upright which is not the best way to use it it's not going to be harmful but Mm -hmm. the best way to use it is to hold your stone flat so that you can get the most out of the stone as you're moving and gliding along your skin and also so that you don't push in the skin and there's not so much pressure Another tip is to really be gentle and breathe because breathing will really help you oxygenate the skin at the same time as you're using your stone. Okay, amazing. The lightest of a pressure. I will apply all of these tips in my next gua sha evening. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of info all at once. (laughs) So I want to talk more about your social media. So you started posting yoga content and then it kind of transferred into beauty And today you're posting a lot of face fitness tutorials, but also lifestyle content. Can you tell me more about your social media and how you schedule your content? Do you pre-shoot or what do you use for equipment? Because your feed is, you know, full of knowledge, but also everything looks really pretty. And I feel like that is the goal of social media today. You have to educate, but you also have to, you know, kind of try to maintain that aesthetic. I actually am in the midst of struggling with this aesthetic versus this, you know, not caring and just putting it out there. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to meet in the middle with it. So even if I'm not feeling my best or feel like I'm looking my best or whatever it is that day, I'll still sit and I do, and I create content every day. So this is Mm -hmm. a daily thing. I'll just sit and meditate through it first. My biggest tip And this is going to sound a little woo-woo if you're not into it, but my biggest tip is to sit down and meditate first before Mm -hmm. I create content because, first of all, it takes a lot of creative energy to even think of what I'm going to film and to feel inspired. And so I really like to sit down and feel inspired first, feel good first, because energy is also transferable, right? When I feel my best and I film myself creating this content, this energy really holds in the reel, in the video, Mm -hmm. and it transfers out. So I realize when I film when I'm not feeling good and I just go and go do it, it's not the same energy. I mean, it'll still Mm -hmm. be good. You can do your after edits to cut things Mm -hmm. out and stuff, but really it's about just feeling good. And believe Mm -hmm. it or not, like a lot of the content that I make, it takes me a total of like 10 minutes of just getting it out once Mm -hmm. I sit down. 
And it's really 10 minutes of content creating a day. But the before getting ready Mm -hmm. part is the actual part that takes the time of just sitting down, feeling good, brushing my hair, you know, all of that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, figuring out what I'm going to be creating that day. And I do have a note section just to be really tangible with this. I do have a note section in my phone where if I'm inspired, I can go right away and write it down so that I know. Mm -hmm. Or if if I find a viral sound, I'll go put the link in that note section mm-hmm. so that I know every day when I go in to create content, I can just pull from there. So mm-hmm. those are all like kind of the little things that go into creating the content. I feel that a lot of people don't even know how much it takes to prepare everything and to set up your camera, set up your lighting, set everything up before you shoot the actual shooting. The actual content is the easiest part. But for me, like pre-production, post-production, it's, it's so difficult. Do you create and edit all of your content yourself or you have somebody else helping you? Yes. So I actually have a before, during and after situation. That's a great (laughs) question. So I have one team member research a lot of the viral sounds, a lot of ideas and all of that. It's in a shared notes for us. And then I go, when it's time to be inspired, I'll sit down and I'll go look at all of the the notes that she has up, all of the links. I'll go through it. I'll choose some that I like, and then I'll film. Now the after part is I have another uh, team member. She'll do a lot of the after stuff, but a lot of the editing for my per- my page, personal page, P- Patricia San Pedro, mm-hmm. I do all of the editing because I just truly love the editing process. And mm-hmm. I know what I did there. I know why I filmed the way I filmed. So I like to cut in the way that I cut mm-hmm. at the end. Camille, who does the after editing, she grabs for Sunina skin. So I have Sunina skin, I have gua sha courses as well. And then I have a few other things that I do Oh, for TikTok, I have TikTok Sunina Skin, TikTok Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Pinterest, YouTube Shorts. I mean, there's so many platforms. <laughs> so she really, yeah, she really grabs my content. Sometimes it's already um, edited content by me, but other times it's content that she grabs from my mm-hmm. folders and she edits and then she Um, posts on her own as well. So that's kind of like a whole thing that she manages on her own. Mm -hmm. So there's really like a before, during and after process, which is actually funny that you asked because I didn't really distinguish it in that way (laughs) until just now. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's really important because there's so many platform nowadays and you need to be active on each each platform and it's difficult to be you know the distributor and upload everything and you know you you think oh it's just a few minutes I'll just do it myself but if you have to do it every single day you kind of get it gets tedious and you spend your energy just like doing logistics which kind of takes away from other things let's talk about Sunina skin that's your brand that you started when exactly I started it Kind of right after I got my book deal, I had the idea for it. Like I always wanted to start a skincare brand, but I thought it would be much later. I didn't think it would be right at that time. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I got my book deal, I reached out to different brands that I had previously worked with. And I said, hey, do you want to do a collaboration on an oil? I would love to do an oil because I have a book coming out in about a year and a half. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, I got no's all around. (laughs) And it was one of those things where I was like, 
I could either be mad about it and just not do it, or I could just create my own oil. So I decided I'm going to create an oil. I'm going to get a gua sha to go with it because I, I mm-hmm. love gua sha's and I love facial tools also. And it goes along with the whole face fitness theme. So I created Sunina skin for that reason with the heart gua sha and the baby glow facial oil, which is inspired by my kids. I called it baby glow mm-hmm. because I think babies have this natural glow and they're just so pure and innocent. And I wanted mm-hmm. kind of that, like put their youth in a bottle. And that was like my way of like keeping their youth in a bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mommy <Love> things. <laughs> so, um, that's how that whole thing started. And that was in 2020 where I launched Sunina skin. Mm-hmm. And then 2021 is when the book came out. And so it kind of all timing wise worked out very nicely. And I was able to have baby glow be a part of the whole face fitness, um, mm-hmm. launch. And it was a really, really nice way to launch everything kind of all together. You have so many things going on and you are a mom. How do you yes. organize everything? And you're a mom of four, correct? <laughs> Yeah, I I am. I have my 14-year-old, my 5-year-old, my 3-year-old and my 1-year-old and I mean, I there are mom tips everywhere. I feel like there's parenting tips everywhere, but it's it's kind of like being an entrepreneur, right? You just kind mm-hmm. of have the roll with the punches, right? And mm-hmm. I feel the same way with kids. You know, you want to build a nice foundation for them, make sure that they know that they're loved, they're cared for you know, give them nice affirmations, like as much as possible. And then everything else is kind of like balance, but really is it balance because you're just juggling all day long. So there's Mm -hmm. really no, um, there's really no real answer to like, how do you balance everything? I have the Mm -hmm. support of my husband and I have the support of my nanny. My mom is actually here right now, um, helping me with a lot of things. So And I like to give advice that's more tangible. So I just want to leave it with like, be okay with delegating. So there's a lot of things that you don't need to put your hands on. If you can pay for a laundry service, pay for a laundry service, do it. If you Mm can um, delegate all of these little personal tasks, like making appointments for your kid's doctor's appointments, give it to your assistant, like do all the little, don't, you don't need to have your hands on all the little things. Instead, use that time to like hold your kid's faces and like rub their Mm -hmm. cheeks and give them kisses, you know, like Mm -hmm. use that time for those kinds of things versus like sitting back and doing all the things that you probably don't need to do. But what if people can't really afford that? What, What can they do in that sense? I feel like you can still delegate. I mean, if you have uh, family members or people around you, you have friends. I feel like friends are great people to just not rely on for delegating. I don't want to say that, but, you know, have playdates with people yeah. like very often and, you know, use your time wisely. Everyone's situation is going to be a little bit different, but mm-hmm. you kind of have to use your resources to think creatively on how you can have the most amount of time. I think time is the most valuable thing. If you can find ways to have more time, I think that's the most, I think, precious thing that you can do as a mom. As I was, as I asked you this question, I'm like, well, what if somebody can't really afford a laundry service? But then I was thinking, you know, laundry is like not that expensive nowadays. It's like 20 bucks or something to, I don't know how, usually when I was sending it out, it was like $20. So I'm thinking like, would you rather spend an entire day doing your laundry or you would rather 
send it somewhere for $20. And I feel like recently a lot of people are like shaming people for delegating certain things and people are shaming, you know, when people even say that they have nannies. I don't know why is that such a... I mean, I'm not a mom myself, but some girls that are writing to me, they're telling me how they, you know, their friends are even shaming them for having extra help. So what would you say to those women who maybe do have the resources, do want to they want to delegate, but maybe their friends are just like giving them, you know, Oh my God. Yeah. Get new friends. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really you don't do not have that kind of judgment around you to feel guilty about making the choices Mm -hmm. that you make to have you feel good. I think when you're a mom, the most important thing is to really feel like you're good. And sometimes you're not going to feel good. Sometimes you're going to have a lot of mom guilt. You really have to minimize the amount of bad energy that you have around you because it truly is your currency for your kids. Like, mm-hmm. how can I be possible mom? Like, I am going to feel good. I'm going to send out my laundry and mm-hmm. not care about who Debbie Downer is saying about me. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, again, it's, it may be hate from them because it's a trigger for them. And you always Mm -hmm. have to remember this also is that it's not about you. It really isn't. It's a reflection Mm -hmm. of what you're sending off as a person that you are triggering them on. I want to get my laundry service done too. And you know, whatever the price is, like what kind of lifestyle or whatever it is that they see that they want. And Mm -hmm. that's like a reflection for them. I love that you, when you got a few no's from these brands that, you know, didn't want to collaborate on that oil, you kind of took that no as a fuel and you were like, well, I'll just make it myself. I love that you turned your no into an actual opportunity for you and you build an entire brand out of it. So for those who might be struggling with rejection or they feel like they're not good enough if somebody, you know, says no. I think the one thing that I kind of live by is never to take anything personally. Never ever take anything personally. So if somebody is rejecting you for something, they don't see what you see. So you just have to be so firm in your decision on what you see that you just go for what you want. And it does have to do with confidence and having a vision and all of that. But also really at the end of the day, not taking anything personally is really, really important in order for you to evolve as a person to get what you want in your life, like whatever your goals are. Mm -hmm. So I think if you get, you know, sad about a a no, you know, it's going to affect you and you're not going to get to where you actually want to be or what goals you want to accomplish. I always remember what Chris Jenner said, no just means next opportunity. When I was growing up, I'm sure like I was, you know, upset about some rejections, but you have to also understand that a lot of it is just a numbers game. So if you yeah. send, let's say if you're applying for a job and you send your resume to 20, 30 companies, well, maybe you send for 240 or 50 or 60. You just have to keep yeah. on going and you can't get discouraged when somebody says no, because people are going to say no. And I love that you said that they just don't see what you see. They don't have the same vision. That is the beauty that you actually have because you have your own vision and you want to do things your own way. And I just feel like people should just, people would should just like believe in themselves a little bit more 
and know that they yeah. are, you know, here for a reason and they have those dreams and those goals for a reason. They just need to figure out a way to achieve them. And I remember mm-hmm. when I was, you know, starting with my social media brand and trying to figure out what is my voice in this world. Right. It was difficult and it was also trial and error. And I was posting stuff that maybe later on I was like, oh, that's not really my vibe anymore. This is not my style. But you have to try mm-hmm. different things to kind of see what works best for you mm-hmm. and how you know you have to find your voice on social media and a lot of girls who also are writing to me they're like i want to be an influencer i want to start posting i want to do all these things but i i'm not really sure where to start or how to find you know what is my uniqueness and i, I was listening to this podcast recently and it was just about learning what your uniqueness is and then when you realize what makes you different what separates yeah. you from everybody else, then you just need to own that and you need to start posting content very regularly if that's what mm-hmm. you want to do as a career. And you, Patricia, mm-hmm. you post so much and I admire that about you so much. So how do you, uh, when you are not that inspired or maybe if you do have, you know, those trending sounds and you have like all these ideas that you might want to post, but like nothing is really working well, because, you know, sometimes you create a video and you're like, oh, this is just not the way I wanted it to be. What do you do then? Do you like not create any content or you just kind of try to improvise something or what do you do when you don't feel inspired? Yeah, that's great. I actually don't create content on those kinds of days. It happens once every few months, really. I just don't want to do it. I'll just stop. And I actually had one of these breaks about a month ago for like one week. I didn't film anything. And all I did was repost from months ago. Mm-hmm. So I just t- took content that I already posted and re-edited it because What's interesting about that also is that you get to reflect on what you posted before and say, I can't believe I posted it like this. (laughs) If it's now the version of me now, because we're always changing, we're always changing Mm -hmm. and evolving. The me now would not post this the way it was posted, whether it was the quality or whatever it was, or the way that I cut something or how long it was. Like, I remember I was cutting everything that I took from an old piece of content and I would repost it, but it would look completely different. So something that might've gotten maybe 10,000 views, um, at that time. Now, when I posted, uh, when I was not feeling inspired and I posted it, now it got like over a hundred K or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It like did phenomenally better. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great way if you are in this game to, repurpose your content and don't feel bad about it because it's actually a new way of seeing it. A lot of people probably missed it and you do have new people that are following you that probably have not ever even seen it either. So it's a nice way to just refresh and discover, have a piece of reflection time Mm -hmm. and say, wow, like I would not have done this this way. Such good advice because I also see that sometimes I don't even see the content of my friends that they posted a while ago. So you have to have to keep in mind that some people never even seen this type of content mm-hmm. and that this is something I feel like a lot of people don't understand that people don't think about yeah. you as much as you think they think about yes. you. So yes. like and they don't the know your thing. content. 
Right. So that's the other thing about rejection or what people think about you, all those like fears that you have that are kind of made up in your own head. Like people don't care about you as much as you think they do. Like you care about you so much and that's why you're having these anxieties. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, really like just post the thing because most people are just going to maybe like if they do say anything negative, it'll just probably be like, ah, oh, whatever. And then just move yeah. on. <laughs> like it doesn't yeah. matter really. So it's true. Yeah. It's so true, Coco, that like most people just, they don't. They're yeah. just so obsessed with their own problems and their problems are so yeah. big for them. Yeah. But they, you know, if, if I post something and I misspell something or I don't look in whatever way on that video, like it really doesn't matter yeah. as much as you think it matters. And people, you know, even just look at the way that you consume social media, like you're just scrolling through and you don't like analyze every single post or something. So if you right. do want to have a career in social media, my advice is just start posting and try different types of content. So when I was starting my TikTok, I was, you know, I tried everything. I tried, you know, my morning smoothie. I tried my workout routine. I tried posting hacks. I tried this. I tried, I just tried everything to see what mm -hmm. works best for me and what right. I enjoy creating. Because if you see that one type of content works really well for you, but you don't enjoy creating it, at the end of the day, it's just going to be a drag and you're not going to like content creation. So you have to really do something that you enjoy doing. Is there anything else you want to add on that? Like if somebody wants to start their social media career, what should they, what should they do? I also want to say, don't forget that you don't have to, you don't have to post for likes and you don't have to post for um, like, what is my niche? You know, just post because you're you and because you're so unique and maybe that's the way you find your voice and you don't have to set a mark first you can just be the mark and then find your way in that way because a lot of people I think what's missing on Instagram and is more shown in TikTok actually is very authentic pieces of content where people are just speaking to be themselves versus creating content so there's a difference between documenting yourself and then pushing that piece of video out into the world versus creating content mm -hmm. and doing these kind of performative pieces to go out. So I think that's one of the things that I really admire about some creators is that they are able to just be themselves and put that content out there and talk about what they love versus having to feel like they need to create content and just be mm -hmm. on this like robotic kind of mode. And I think that's one of the struggles that I think that I would like to kind of, that's like one of my goals is to be a little bit more vocal on that piece. Mm -hmm. This was so much fun, Patricia. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like you even taught me a lot. And, you know, I just saw you a few days ago and like we chatted about everything. So thank you for being here. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners, like, uh, you know, final thought, or is there something else you want to just share before I plug in your socials? Yeah, I want to say, don't be afraid to be you and to feel good is your birthright. Beauty is your birthright. And glowing skin is felt it's not something that you see no. i love that thank you patricia please yeah. share where everybody can follow you i'm gonna drop all the links in show notes and i'm gonna drop your book your 
product line. So please uh, pimp yourself out. Yeah. Um, Patricia San Pedro underscore across all social media and suninaskin.com is my website for my brand for gua sha's and facial oils and face fitness is available everywhere books are sold including barnes and nobles target walmart amazon just everywhere books are sold amazing well thank you so much and please everybody if you guys love this episode please share it with your friend or post it on your instagram story i hope you learn a lot and i see you in the next episode Bye.